Crackle? Is that the anime one? That's Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll. Is, I knew it was crunchy, uh, crackly. This show is not for the easily offended. So if you are easily offended, go listen to something else. Welcome back to Indie Comic Noise. Someone who has recently returned to the show has been bad about editing. So, put the blame on me. Yes, me, Andrew the LA Rabbit. But, good news for you, listener. We have all full hosting maximum capacity. Two Canadians. WWX Kev. Although, considering he's north of the Arctic Circle, we're not sure if he's still Canada. Say hi, Kev. Wow. Wow. And from the nation's capital, the Ottawa Otter, Phil. Say hi, Phil. Hello. And balancing the continental flavor with a little U.S. love from the bunker himself. It's Super Steve. Say hi, Super Steve. I like the blame Andrew uh, mindset. That should be a recurring theme. Exactly. Uh, take Take a load off, Annie, and put the blame on me. Indie Comic Noise, part of the Deliberate Noise Network. Thanks always to Derek Coward, who makes everything happen. Without him, there is no show. And also no networks. You can tune in to awesome other great shows, such as Sister Show Marvel Noise, run by our own Super Steve. Super Steve, how's that Marvel Noise going? <laughs> We're cranking it out. We're semi-monthly, so, uh, you know, that's twice a month. Nice. Dominant down do the for the indie crowd. <laughs> so it works. It, it uh, you know, we got a good pace going. Yes, better than the indie show for sure. But check yeah, it out. Erratic. You can we, also we, find. We can't not be on time. Yeah. It's great. You, you you can find uh, show notes and old episodes over at the website indiecomicnoise.com. Now firewalled. Yeah. Uh, if it's if it hasn't been hacked, as it seems to have. <laughs> but I try and put in good show notes and links, but Kevin does like to insert malicious malware into things. So, in fact, I think he might be the one that's hacking the website, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and you, <laughs> you were gone. He edited me out of the podcast a bit. He was using my credentials for a while, like, without a VPN. Mm-hmm. So it was like he was logging in from New York, from Canada. It was just a mess. He also did identity fraud on you, Steve, because he pretended to be you for a bit on the show. And he intercepted my Christmas cards to you for like 10 (laughs) years, Phil. (laughs) That is definitely his fault. He's everywhere. He's sneaky like that. Indie Comic Book Noise, part... uh, Oh, I mentioned that we're part of the Dubler Noise Network, but we're just a free-flowing, happy-go-lucky show where we chat about whatever strikes our mind within the realm of indie comic book noise as you heard at the beginning there is a disclaimer but i usually say we say nothing controversial sometimes kevin contradicts me kevin are you contradicting me today i'm saying something controversial i mean i think it would be weird if you would expect your lcs to give you top dollar for your comics you're trying to sell to them but you know maybe that's just me no, I agree. Someone was uh, just came up to me about selling comics. We had a workman in the place, and they were asking about it. And I was like, yeah, I don't. If you have them, you know, they if you sell it to a store, they have to sell it for less than they can sell it so they can make money. So you're not going to get the sort of return as if you sell it to an end seller. But then you have the hassle of finding someone that wants to buy it. So... Yeah, I'm with you, Kevin. I don't expect top dollar from them. It's more of a convenience. Although I have worked credit, which sometimes works because you get a little bit better deal because they have their discounts they can factor into the price. Wow. Hot topics. Really 
getting that free flowing discussion going. Well, let's. Uh, well, when let's... you lay it down, dude. When you're laying it down, we, we're just we're in in awe. <laughs> it's like but... the 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 L.A. the lawyer rabbit comes out and he's like <laughs> doing business, making things happen. Got his finger on the pulse. Well, I'm in these chats with these very serious comic book people that are hustling and working the margins, but that's just not my jam, boys. I'm so lazy and just, I don't know, I just buy the dang things if the price looks okay. I don't get too worked up, and but it helps. I will fully, uh, regular listeners will know, Andy doesn't dip into the high-end stuff. That's not my jam. So it does make it easier if you're not, you know, you're dropping four figures on a book or more. Yeah, you probably want to do a little more due diligence than Andy's uh, smell test or whatever. You know, comic book confession, I've never really collected comics at all. What? You never said I want to read this series, so I'm going to need to collect it? Well... Well, no, I've I've only I've kept what I've read. So I've sought out and, and, you know, got a whole bunch of back issues of something that I didn't have to read and and sought it out and and that sort of business. So that way I've I've amassed comics, but I've never been like, (laughs) oh, I'm getting this series and I need I've never had the checklist of the like, okay, these are the ones I'm missing and I got to hit this, this one, this I've just, I've just, oh, I've just gathered what I've read and it's turned into a giant collection. Wow. Steve's just trying to scare off uh, people from raiding the bunker for (laughs) rare golden age. He has amazing fantasy. You couldn't even squiggle your body in through the windows here that shine what little light shines into the bunker. Good luck trying. Fully, uh, fully fortified comic book bunker. No, I've well, part of the problem was I unloaded lots of comics. So the real question is, how many times has Andy bought the same comic twice? I mean, I do that regularly now, but I mean, bought one that I had years ago, got rid of, and then repurchased. It's kind of weird, but it's a way to engage the hobby, like my current collecting these G.I. Joes. Oh, it's for, for sure. fun. Oh, I just put in an order for the last of the IDW Real American Hero wow. comics. So if that comes in, I will theoretically have that run from the free comic book day up through 300 and the annual. They might not have called it an annual. I think they did. Maybe they called it a yearbook. You know how they, it's an annual, but for, yeah. sometimes they dress that crap up to make it sound <laughs> fancy. Sometimes they call it life sentences. But us old people know it's an annual, a special, uh, a, uh, you know, it's got a lot of special cutaways of the pit or whatever inside of it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have any big, real big news. I mean, the scandals keep unfolding with our friends in the graded comic book community, but <laughs> that don't bother me much, you know, I'm. I'm square with it. And uh, I think my big news last time was uh, getting Phil excited for his Dogman movie. (laughs) So I think we should (laughs) move right into books because I know that uh, Super Steve has some books for us because he's uh, need to get him back in the bunk, back into the indie scene. I got so many books, but I'll just fire off a few. I, I got a couple of quick hits for you. Get things rolling here. One is uh, the Hellboy Winter Special. Uh, this year's Winter Special. It was uh, 2023 Dark Horse. It's called the Yule Cat. And the story and art is from Matt Smith. Like when it's a writer and artists handling Hellboy because it's like their vision of somebody else's character. Yeah, wasn't he the... Wasn't he one of the Doctor Who actors, Steve? Yeah, right. But in this he was one, my it's favorite, the Yule Cat. So it's like Hellboy encounters, like you guessed it, right? A giant Yule Cat. 
that's terrorizing this Arctic town. Probably <laughs> not that told. far from Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, look but, out, Kevin. You, you know, love as, cats and you live in the Arctic. You should you definitely need to run this one down, Kevin. As always in a Hellboy book, you know, there's some cool lore that's explored that was, you know, probably the catalyst for creating the story. And there's some cool exotic Arctic locations. As is typical, Hellboy takes a bunch of lumps and sticks with it until, you know, he gets his man. It's it's fun stuff. And it's just a regular size issue one shot, so it doesn't waste any time getting right to it. It's a solid ish. Nice. I approve of getting right to the business. <laughs> and then my other quick hit is, and I know I mentioned on a past episode, the first original graphic novel that came mm. from Aaron Lopresti via, it's not Kickstarter, it's the other one, the Indiegogo. Zoop. And it was The Wrath of God. And his second one hit, and it's Wrath of God Bloodhunters. His um, banner is Empire Comics. That is going to have its store at AaronLopresti.com, but it is not up and running yet. Um, But he's got a volume one of Wrath of God, now a volume two, and a Kit Carson uh, it's kind of a pinup girl in space, uh, kind of like a, like old Wally Wood, um, EC comic space uh, science fiction story stuff that is a current campaign on the Indiegogo. So it's written and drawn by Lopresti, and the art is really good, and the production value of the book is really good. Like there's a little bit of a texture to the the cover that's almost makes it feel like it's a little waxy in your hand. Uh, oh, it's just the the paper and the printing on it, the colors. It's it's a really nice book, and the wrath and this this girl Esther, who is the other protagonist, their lives crossed in the first volume when they had to deal with a werewolf curse, and in this one they face a, a growing coven of vampires, and, and it's in the Wild West in Wild West times, so. It's a lot of fun. And this Raph is, he's a lot like the original Ghost Rider, like the old Dick Ayers one. So where it's like he's displaying these supernatural abilities, but you don't know if he really is supernatural or if they're just cleverly staged. And in the backup, in in the back matter of the uh, OGN is a bunch of backups featuring the other Empire comics characters that are to come and already exist uh, garbage man this kit carson girl and and this night shift group book which is set in modern times but one of the characters is similar to the wrath but modern so it seems like there's like a he's building in like a legacy component to the character it's really very well crafted good comic booking so hmm. not Marvel's The Night Shift. <laughs> no. You know, I always meant to get around to that, Steve. The, I assume it's based on Agrar Wrath of God, the 1972 Werner Herzog epic starring Klaus Kinski. <laughs> There's the conquistador moving the ship through the jungle. Yeah. But uh, never got around to it. So now you can read the comic book version. It's Wraith of God, though. Was that Wraith or Wrath? Uh, this was Wrath of God. Oh, so this is Wraith because he's a ra- he's like a, he's a Wraith. He's, oh, like, well, look, everyone deserves a spin on adaptations. I always say <laughs> it's good though. You got to check it out. I don't do too much Indiegogo. I'll be honest with you, Steve, but maybe I will try this. I usually stick even... to Kickstarter. I don't even do Zoop either. I'm just. I feel like I'm so. It's worth searching and just looking at some of the art that he's doing for this because it's really good Lopresti art. Like he's he is killing it. Killing well, I also it. know sometimes it gets picked up or they'll sell it themselves or like you're saying, if his website gets back up or whatever. So that's a, a good way to kind of circumvent the. I'm sure it's not any more risky than Kickstarter. I just. I've been burned on that one. The only stinker is he doesn't do digital editions. So oh, that's fine with me. 
there, uh, you know, that cuts off um, a lot of overseas sees potential customers because of the way shipping is these days but then you're also locked into buying the more expensive price point of the physical copy and i do got to say he should be proud of it though because it really i mean this is the, what the third time i'm mentioning it but it really stands out when you're holding it in your hands that it's like wow this is a really well-made square bound soft cover ogn boy that yeah, is weird so because I always think westerns are so popular with the euros, so you know they seem to like westerns even more than in the states. So it does seem strange that you'd want to lose that audience. But who knows? Maybe they pay for the shipping. All right, Kevin, or oh, sorry, Kevin or Phil, who wants to go next? All right, Kevin, you're going next. <laughs> well, I promised you something last episode, so I guess Uh-oh. I better deliver, right? uh agar wrath of god we already talked about it kevin but give it to us never played that nes game is it that weird porn comic you're talking about (laughs) that doesn't narrow it down phil the when it was just me and him he had like this weird porn comic but it actually sounded interesting it was not that there was a hook to it i i didn't buy it but uh maybe someone else did is that uh I'm going to date the show. Uh, wasn't this the week where that uh, Penthouse Comics comic first issue oh, came out? I like the old Penthouse comics. I don't that think I've ever read it. Like heavy metal. They had good. They had good creators. Yeah, yeah. They they uh, had some real fine artists on those. I didn't know they rebooted the brand. Is Penthouse oh, yeah. even still around? I guess Maybe so. I digitally, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, do they still sell mags like that, or is it all I, just digital now? I mean, you'd have to think it's a <laughs> well. A dying you guys are in the <laughs> states. Don't you have like those outside people that sell the porn mags? Oh my god! Like, I tell bars? you, Phil, it's like really Watchmen? hard to see. Ma- I don't see hardly any magazines. Like hmm. the places that have them have a very small really? handful of the same things. There were a few larger vendors, but a lot of them have shifted to selling other merch. The outside guys hmm. they sell cell phone crap and everything because i used to go pick up a fantasy football magazine every year to get all the insider scoops and everything and it's just sad as the magazine market shrinks and shrinks and shrinks street and smith uh, i don't even remember just ones nah. that claim like <laughs> these are the inside <laughs> scoop uh, win your lead it's just some dumb mag it was a tradition that i enjoyed but i haven't done it the last few years because they're hard to find anymore but in my magazine boxes, I've got a bunch of um, the old Penthouse Comics magazines. There was uh, there were, were surprisingly um, top tier creators. But I interrupt. You digress. <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> I still see a lot of magazines at a magazine rack. I mean, yeah, there's less magazines rack, but I still see a lot of magazines. Like you have the weird historical magazines. You have the comic book magazines. Well, I buy a few horror magazines, but I was talking yeah. about the porn mags. Yeah, the, I see, see a those. few of the. I see that Rue Morgue one you like, Phil, but that's about. Yeah, it's my favorite. Maybe. Uh, no, no. There's a there's a there's a few from uh, a few from the UK. I get Fangoria. You can get online, like in print, but I haven't done that one again yet. Uh, the, but yeah, there's like the, the wire. Like three or four. Yeah. There's one that handles like really classic black and white stuff and. But uh, the chapters our bookstore here usually has like three or four at a time. Yeah, there's quite a few things. So I see, like I said, when I go in, I see, but it's much like National Geographic or Vogue or just very few. Like it used to be a whole wall of them. And now I feel like it's a sad little collection of different. And always like those weird one-off ones about like Queen Elizabeth or whatever. Like, yeah. I guess those sell or a Star Wars one-off magazine. I get some uh, board game ones too, actually. But uh, those, though, I have to kickstart, and then you get like a yearly subscription. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, Kevin was going to tell us. So can you look in and see, is it Penthouse the publisher, or did they just buy the name? Like, is it something like some other publisher name inside? I have no idea. 
Because Andrew's on a first-name basis with the I'll ruin my search history. Okay, no, because normally, remember we went through that whole thing with, like, Behemoth and then the Opus comics? Like, it's now I feel yeah. like a lot of these companies, they have a name on the cover, but when you look at the indicia, right. it's a whole different entity or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I have one of those for, for you oh. tonight. <laughs> If we ever let him get to it. <laughs> oh, so it's a, it's a $10 comic. Yeah, well, there's more than one story. And it has... So uh, this, is, this is the revived Penthouse comics, because they used to do some, I think, like a long time ago, I remember. Like, like just like superhero-type comics, too, I remember. Not just the ones in the magazines, I guess. That I remember, but the Penthouse comics thing that I remember was a magazine that was just mm-hmm. the comics. Like a, like a heavy metal or an epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ran for 32 issues, 1994 to 1998. But it seems like the same thing, yeah. Like it's re- revived. All right, Kevin, so, what, so who's in it? What are some of the creators? I, <laughs> you pro- I should have had you guess it, but uh, I'll, yeah, I'll give you some of the creators. I, I don't know everyone, but I know most people. And uh, Arthur's side A varying in- interest. So uh, you might know uh, Jason Fabok, uh, Gary Frank, uh, Brian Hitch, uh, Jeff Jones. Wow. Uh, not Jones. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was going to say, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is very, uh, if you want to say DC heavy, or at least what I think of as DC, like sort of like, it very much reminded me when they had the promo image of like the new age of DC heroes that didn't last very long. <laughs> that was supposed to be like artist centric. I mean, this sort of has the same philosophy. So you, you also have uh, Francis Manipal, uh, Brad Meltzer, um, like Tomasi, some other guys that I don't that is a lot of DC guys have a story yeah. in here. Wow, which is weird because i thought they or did i not know no i think they're all in here i just for some reason because it has one of those things where it has the stories and it has a table and contents in the front so you have to keep on flipping back and forth to see who the creators are not a fan of that no as i said when i reviewed that anthology it's always a drag to be like wait which ones are these guys especially when it's a like that full trade like but I, but I also don't like the opposite when it's just at the beginnings of the stories and they don't do it contents when it's an anthology. I, I really like both best, especially when it's a magazine. I like that front page with a little frontispiece and saying who does the cover and yeah, you know, San Julian cover. And then you get like, you know, here's your thing and your letters page and your. Yeah. And you definitely I do also like it when they say that who's the cover artist, too. That is always yeah. sad when you're like, wait, this is a cool cover. Who is it? And you're trying to scramble around to figure it out. So this was supposed to be the a big innovative launch of a massive new uh, company. And um, some people chase. Well, everyone's chasing the dragon, really. I mean, if someone says they're not, I mean, I, I would kind of have to dive deep into that one and drill down because um if you're not chasing the nostalgia maybe you're chasing the 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 fix of uh getting that uh, crazy new idea that you haven't seen done in comics before right so this is uh ghost machine it says welcome to the first fully shared creator-owned universes and they said they're putting artists first or prioritizing the artists but they understand that, uh, you, you know, uniting with others, uh, you know, is a good thing. Because most of these stories are written by um, Martian Manhunter. Wait, written by the Martian Manhunter? Isn't that not a real person? I thought that was a character <laughs> okay. owned by DC. Jeff Johns, okay? Are oh. you happy now? Yeah, boy, this is a DC project, Jeff Johns. <laughs> <laughs> is Dan the Dio busy? <laughs> and I and I don't want to get into, or unless we do, a long discussion about uh, artists and writers, because I know some people are like, 
Yeah, just let me put it out there that we're we're ultimately all here for the artist, right? It's a comic, like it's the artist, and I and I'd be like, no, no. So it's funny that like I did the distillery one that was about the creators, and that was like wild variety of stuff, and then you have this like new DC fifty two type of thing that's supposed to be have the artists and. Uh, Nothing really popped out at me in this one. So, I mean, this is weird because I feel like this Ghost Machine one got, like, more attention in certain quarters. And people are like, wow, this is good. So I'm like, I'm glad that someone found something to enjoy in here. I, I That sounds bad. I can't say I didn't enjoy them. I just, nothing that I would want to pick up like an ongoing series well or the distillery one it was like scott snyder and frank avia and i was like oh yeah i want to see more of that like there wasn't one story in here that was like had that type of hook where i was just like what is happening wait so we moved on from the penthouse comics to image <laughs> well, that's okay, the weird man. thing this is published by image comics i'm like they they it was funny that you know they were kind of doing their whole promo about that whole bit about a new company and they're like, yeah, but we're going to be published through image. And I'm like, okay, I guess. I mean. You I mean, would think they would have chosen the image was published by Malibu or something like, you know, they've had him skybound and top yeah. cow and all that. But do they have that kind of branding on it? Like clearly, oh, this is the Witchblade universe or whatever, you know, like the other books from the different component pieces skybound yeah, is... skybound definitely lets you know it's a skybound book yeah the That's jeff skybound. johns books have the ghost logo yeah. on it yeah like it has a giant image eye and then below it it says ghost machine but this is the one shot so i'm just assuming that's what all the other how the other books will look like like skybound is almost like a different company onto themselves so i mean i'm not surprised that they would like emphasize like their brand over like almost any other brand but yeah you have um that uh, well some of these guys have already appeared but i don't know how much before but i know the geiger definitely had a series and some one shots before yep well that's jeff john's one yeah yeah with with gary frank yeah that's in here mm -hmm. i mean that was all right i mean maybe if i had read the series like i would be more into it and then you have, um, oh, they have like a some Ohatmu entries for like all their characters in here too. And then like sometimes they'll have a timeline or like a little ad and to tell you, well, coming up. So, Phil, are, are you and Steve, are either of you two into this ghost machine imprint buying yeah. the titles? Or I, I've been reading it. They're, they've been good. Oh, good. Which well, I know you're always like. Again? It's hard to get you, Steve, if there's too many characters. So I know, <laughs> like well, it was a universe of it was characters. a dude and his dog and a kid crossing paths in the desert, and then a bunch of guys that was chasing the kid, and then the dude had to protect the kid, and then you slowly found more about more out about the dude, um, and then that junkyard Joe character. Oh yeah, part of this yeah. universe. Yeah. And um, then there just was a team book, it seemed like, or an anthology book, maybe it was. I haven't read it yet, although I have it on the stack. Um, that looked like it was more introducing more characters or properties or. Oh, the 80-page giant? Is that what it is? It was some kind of thing. It had like a big group shot on the cover of the different characters and stuff. Yeah. Like this red coat has a whole team in it. Like I would have thought this would have been the. Brad Meltzer one because isn't he like historical conspiracy different weird stuff buff to be honest I've only read his DC the didn't he do like two DC limited or something I yeah, read I mean, yeah he did some um, I mean I'm gonna say some of the worst DC comics ever <laughs> so no, please, I Kevin. mean not really a guy I will I, I'm that excited for in comics but like, I remember he had some TV series, and he does some other books, Who too. Who are you talking about? Seemed to be fine. Brad Jeff Me Meltzer. Meltzer. Yeah. Oh, I liked some of his stuff. Yeah, you didn't like his Green Arrow? 
Yeah, I liked his Green Arrow. Uh, he had what else did he do? But yeah, no, I liked some of his uh, stuff. Danny Crisis. Was good. Oh, Kevin, yeah, I just read some Superman awesome. comic where he spent the whole thing fooling Lois Lane into thinking he's not Superman, but Clark Kent. So <laughs> it, it wasn't like a the comic high the art for sure. But the cover was cool. He's eating all these hamburgers, and he can't stop eating hamburgers. So I, I assume if you in this red coat one, you you would be like all down on all these, totally in on all these people like Annie Oakley teaming up with uh, the Northerner, and um, uh, Mr. Crockett and all these guys. Like you'd be like, oh man, I gotta get in on that. Sounds hey, like baby. a little Alan no, that's Moore. Mr. Hey, Davey. No, that's Mr. Crockett to you. The yeah, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen action. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like that. And then there's like some uh, young Einstein. So I'm just like, I'm like, that's fine. But, you know, I mean, not fine. super uh, my thing. So like after they do a, a bunch of these, like there's also like this planet um, battle beast type of thing. I was like, that's okay. But then you get into their, like, uh, family line. But even that, I was just like, I don't know. Like, nothing's, like, super popping out to me. But they have, like, um, keep on wanting to say the the Rockefellers. (laughs) But it's the Rocket, Rocketfellers, okay? Not not Rockefellers. Well, that sounds good. Lots Lots of options. Yeah, I mean, it's like a more like a a family fantastic four type of thing and then there's a a a family friendly one where like these kids are growing up someone's like spying on them and like um one's the maybe the kid of the devil and one's like kid of an angel i mean seems fine actually seems more like a manga concept with that type of uh thing and then there's like a, a a few other things in here, which uh, you know they're fine. So are you buying the their individual titles, or this was just you to see how you felt about it? I just wanted to see how I felt about it. I think I'm one and done. Like unless someone uh, picks them up and says, "Oh, this one's really great." I mean, it, it didn't capture my interest the same way as also not like. I think maybe Francis Manipal was the artist I was most into out of all these guys. But I mean, I mean, not that that anyone's particularly bad, like, like definitely on the DC side. But I mean, when you had the other one with, um, I would say the other one was was way more had way more variety. Like you went from McKelvey to um, Jolie Jones, and then. Um, Frankavia and all that like it was it was or then you had I think Christian Ward did that uh Tinian thing that I, I pre-ordered I was just like it was it was pretty wild and out there and this was uh what what books know. are you comparing I'm the distillery devil's cut uh, okay fun. okay are we still talking about penthouse that, that's why I'm confused at uh, um, no, we I'm, moved. I'm, we left sorting this out a long time ago. We okay, because when he started talking about how there was the family line, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so there's a distillery one shot. You're talking about also talking about this ghost machine one shot from Image. That's the one that I was yes referencing. I mean, that, they, that's the book you're talking about, the one with the yeah, standing so. together as a group on the cover. All right. Okay. Yeah, like I, I, Steve, I think you would be more into the Ghost Machine one. Yeah, I'm looking so, forward I to mean, reading it. I, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So if if you're if you find something that's really stellar, like maybe I'll circle back around. But I mean, it's like some of those companies where it's, it, it's just like an aftershock or shock or AWA, and I'm just like. I don't find anything exciting, but then some other Watch your mouth. company will come around and I'll be like, oh, yeah, they have everything for me. So, yeah, you win some, you lose some, I guess. Fair enough. All right, Phil, what have you got for us today? A mistake. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe, no, I don't, not a mistake, but I'm sure you guys would think so. I, uh, did you guys ever use that app? What's, uh, what's it called? Whatnot? 
I have not, but Kevin is big. He bought their comics. Okay. Remember it's the a... alpha betas or whatever? <laughs> oh no, this this is like a, an app where you auction stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they make yeah. comics now that Kevin Oh, likes. that's where you got those from? Yeah, they were Originally? they're in the previous catalog. Like, yeah, I think Andrew also bought the um, Oh, so they have com- so they also have like sell the comics and previews, I guess. Yeah. 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 I haven't okay. tried their their service seems gimmicky at best, so I haven't tried to actually win auctions off it. Seem like mm-hmm. a lot of hustlers. You're sort of Kevin types looking well, to what? I watched I'm not a Todd, Todd McFarlane uh, selling sketches yeah. for like fifty thousand dollars. That's what I was about to say. That's what I was watching the other <laughs> night, and it was it was all for charity. Like he wasn't getting a dime, and it was crazy yeah. what people were buying stuff. He just had from the nineties, forgotten about like junk, and people are just paying wild, wild prices for it. Yeah. It was insane. It's, it's not even a commission, like. Yeah, like I he mean, sold, he sold a fucking snowboard with none of his art on it. Like, I had nothing to do with him. It was just something someone s- sent him, you know. Well, and I he mean, sold it. it. Charity, like, so. Yeah, but like, like people still bought it, even though it had nothing to do with him, you know. Wow. Todd McFarlane looked at the snowboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bit yeah. Now. So yes. So I, I, uh, as you guys know, I have weakness for. What some might say are trash Jeez. comics. <laughs> oh, Those Phil, two, you bought the but... full run of Full Moon comics, didn't you? Those are not trash comics, buddy. They might be, though. But this uh, this is from Rob Liefeld, so that's how he's selling his comics now. Even even the prices people are paying for his comics, like for a, a cover that's just blank with a blood splatter, like people are paying like 300 bucks. <sighs> For one issue, so obviously I wasn't going to get that, but but like I was a big fan of the old image comics, right? When they started off, even though they're not that great, I still love a lot of them. But I think like Savage Dragon's great, like certain things like that, or Stormwatch. Sure. But uh, so I like to get all the Rob comics though, still. And this has uh, returned as some of his extreme characters, and uh, so I just got a cheap 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 copy where uh it was damaged so i paid like nothing for it basically got it in six days i would never pay high prices or anything like that but uh and he asked people not to spoil it but i don't really care but basically he has like a shaft because you know how he lost the young blood people yeah that's so uh, he has like a shaft a new type shaft character and, and he's this guy's it's it's like i forget where it is but it's it's snow it's cold and he's in a wife beater going around, mm-hmm. which is kind of ridiculous. And like the the start of the comic, it's kind of boring, just him in the snow fighting some people. But then like halfway through, it gets if you're an extreme fan, it gets to some good stuff. I won't spoil who comes back, but there's a character you like, Kevin, at the end. So is he doing everything, Phil, or does he have anchor uh, letters and all that stuff? Or is it he just... did he did everything except for the ink assists and colors. And letters, first but, three he, pages. but yeah, no, but you know what? His art, like as far as for him, it's not that like it's better almost. Like, like it looks pretty good. You can do some like, tight faces. <laughs> no, take that with the greatest salt. I don't mean that. Like it looks pretty good, but it like, you know, like I, I'm not like I was never distracted by like weird feet or anything like that. Their heads, his heads always look a little weird to me. There's Phil, a, like you, a, you like women with long legs. There's nothing like women who are eighty percent legs. There's nothing wrong with that. But but you know what? I I had a lot of fun because as you guys know, I like those ninety comics and the start of image, like all those different lines they did, and I followed it all the way through to the different companies. And so for me, it was just fun as long as I paid that price. Like I would never pay more than I paid twenty five bucks. I would never pay more than that. I'm still stuck I think in that's the idea stupid that for he a comic, the black but... hammer himself. Oh, Phil, don't tell Rob that you'll you're 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 that you'll pay twenty now. Now that's gonna be the bottom price for everything. Well no, but mine's damaged though, so that's why I got it. Like it's really weird how it's damaged too. Like they printed so the the first page and the last page that are connected, they're printed where it's it reaches the bottom, but not the top of the the cover. So like there's a big space. But but it's like nothing's cut off. It's just a shrunken page, and then the rest of the comic is the opposite way, where it reaches the top and not the bottom. So it's a little annoying. 
Weird. But otherwise, uh, it's nice pages and everything. But but I'll I'll buy damaged copies like the next issue if it's this cheap. But at the same time, uh, if it's that cheap, uh, <laughs> I assume it's a regular length, or is it? It better be longer for twenty five bucks, Phil. Uh, you know what? I don't know, but it feels longer than like a Marvel or DC book. Good, because that's yeah. not a. But, cheap... but that's the thing. No, that's the thing. Like I do not like buying it this way. I just it's been so long. I figured I'm checking in, you know, am I going to buy the next one? I probably won't even notice when he does this again, you know, like it just, it was by chance. But uh, I think I would like, I don't know, like a lot of these people like, you know, like him that don't really do a lot. Like I bet you a lot of this stuff, like it's not going to be really worth money. Do you think like one day I'll probably find it in dollar bins or something? I think. I don't, I, I, the, the Rob Liefeld thing sort of jumped over me a bit. I know he yeah. seems to pack them in at shows still, which is really a nice. Well, he said he was done with shows. Like well, this is how he's selling his Deadpool. comics from now on. Yeah, yeah, but you know, Phil, these guys—they're prone to make rash statements. I feel. I don't say he's doing it intentionally. I just think they get caught up in the moment, say some stuff, and then. Yeah. Back. I don't think it's like one of those. This will never be in print when they know very well. Now, be. I think this is just will, he got excited and was like, I'm done with the convention. I'll never but, work for Marvel again. Yeah. yeah. And then someone will lure him back in or whatever. He'll he'll want to go to a convention and well, see me. really, really his career ended the second he left Image. Like after that, you know, like the first time. Uh, did he go back? Well, remember there was. That oh, no, that doesn't. I don't mean that, but like. When he originally read it, left it in like the nineties, you know, like after that, yeah. like yeah, he, yeah, he gave them their licenses for a bit, but that wasn't really him, you know, for most of that. Like that was the one time profit was good when someone else did it, you know. No, I'm someone not going to be the, too. not going to be the guy that writes the biography of Rob Liefeld, but that brings me around to what happened for me, which is uh, Kevin saved me some money. Oh. Wow. Uh, uh, based on his recommendation, I shifted. I was going to buy it, but <laughs> I decided to do it as a library read. The first time I've done this, I picked up from 10 Speed Press, I Am Stan from Tom Surely. <laughs> and I but had. That's supposed to go on your bookshelf. Your bookshelf will not be complete without another Stan book. Well, that was what I had thought. I'm like, I have way too many Stanley books. It's not. Uh, not anything I need another one of. But you mean like this, books about him? Yeah, mm -hmm. I have yeah. so many Stanley biographies. And what's interesting about this one is, as I was reading it, it's, it's all just a, a grab bag of the very... If you've read as many Stanley biographies as I have, it's basically a grab bag. I don't know that there's any story I haven't seen. Plus, there have been some clips... Like of his talk show that are on YouTube and things like that that have been interesting that get incorporated. I also was kind of surprised that it's more sympathetic to Stan than I thought it would be. You're Even, saying it's not controversial. It's not as controversial as, believe me, I read that Stan Lee biography that came out after he died. That one was way more of a anti-stand book than this one was not that it doesn't have some pretty insensitive moments uh that he perpetuates but it's just weird to read it i show he's adopted this style that's like i think about kevin you got me onto godland <laughs> and this is so not okay. looking like that at all you know what i like yeah that's a tribute to his skills but it was just weird reading this thing and thinking about the artist and his G.I. Joe Transformers and GoBot books. And, and yeah. this looks, this one has like a linear those. story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's competently like some of the best parts are when he's collaborating with people and he'll slide in something that looks like Ditko Spider-Man or whatever, as they'll do it. The problem I feel like that maybe what would have benefited would have been, like an editor only because this book is really for people like me that have read a million Stanley biographies because it never explains hardly any of the side people. 
So he'll be in the various bullpens and be like, oh, Bill, what do you think about that? And I'm like, well, that's got to be Bill Everett. You know what? I'm, and I'm even guessing at times about who this, like, sometimes he'll be like, oh, it's John Ramita. But a lot of times it's just weird first names. And I'm like, I think I know enough of who these different people are that I can pace it together. But I would be, it'd be weird to give this to someone who has no idea because a lot of the scenes you'd be like, well, it's Stan and some comic book guy from way back when. But I do appreciate, as you guys know, my favorite time period of Stan has been the stories involving him in that first, when the bullpen was a really a bullpen in that first wave. I think that's the more, while I like, I prefer the comics of the 60s, I actually like when they really had a bullpen in the uh, you know 40s and 50s. That seems like a crazy time. And there wasn't that much focus on the sad end days. Because that really is a bummer. But yeah. I, for some reason, this worked better for me than the Kirby one. It really has a strong huh. arc of... I mean, part of it is he lived a long time. But that sort of starting... I, I don't know. Stan just has a lot of interesting elements to him. Sort of layered things. The whole, you know, the background with his wife is a little bit strange and some of some of the personal tragedies and like i said it's not as hard as you'd think it was i mean i guess a few jibes at his receding hairline or whatever but that doesn't i don't know i don't feel that's any real thing that's not as real a criticism as some of the times when he said some pretty thoughtless things about his collaborators and i think stan himself was pretty well on record of his view of it was he thought up these ideas, so he was the guy that created it. I think that's his take on it. And while he would say co-creator or whatever, I it seemed like from whatever that I've read, he really did believe that's like, hey, like if uh, you know someone came to him and gave him something to write, he didn't create it. But if he thought up Spider-Man, he thinks he's the one. Which I can understand that, although it's in my opinion, it's pretty short-sighted for a visual medium to be like yeah you have the idea but unless you're specifically dictating every possible element then the artist is creating co-creating all those elements that then go on to become those but i'm not here to litigate that i so that's a fair criticism but i feel like that reflects his thoughts on, yeah it's just a, it's just a logic chain of idea yeah right it's the old um fire jumping from um bird to bird um, as you know what I mean in the old uh, Indian myth and then then that's how the birds all have different colors and then you know it, whatever but um yeah it's it's just a linear fault them or not but yeah and like I said the there's some his some of his personal tragedies seem told to good effect. like it's not like they're laughing when he lost the kid and everything and things like that so I was really wondering if they would gloss over that stuff or whatever but it feels like a pretty good portrayal and i thought it was worth reading but like i said if you're not into in fact there were a few times when he was talking to the different people and i'm like i think it's this guy but i'm not entirely because the other thing is i don't know what a lot of these guys look like you know i i'm sure i've seen a photo of bill everett and Vince, the guy that took over when he was in the army and those sorts of guys. but And even if you did, would you recognize Tom Shelley's yeah. version of those guys? <laughs> Joe so. Manili, like you've seen a, a, like an old black and white photo from whenever, but I don't, wouldn't be able to pick him out of a lineup. And like you say, Steve, in this new style of his, also likes the kind of, a lot of the beady eye thing which I know is done in newspaper strips a lot, like Annie and Little Orphan Annie and everything, but it's kind of strange to me. How do you guys feel? You know, the little solid dot eye? Yep. That, that's always weird. But yeah, I Am Stan, a graphic biography of the legendary Stan Lee. Worth a read. Andy's cutting down on his Stan Lee biographies. I'll keep reading them, but I think Kevin's right. I didn't need this on my shelf. <laughs> I kind of kept the Kirby one because I don't have that many. There's the big Kirby book. The, uh, Evanier. Yeah. And then there's the one uh, Sholey did. And 
I'm sure there's more, but I think those are the only two I have. So that I got makes a, a yeah. I got a big Kirby bookshelf. Yeah, I mean the Kirby books you can get like the magazines and the, all the crazy like unprinted stuff or you know, that's more exciting to see the art rather than another biography. Last time I was on I think it was last time I had one of those uh digital Europe comics. Uh the one about the uh mountaineers uh the, the skiers getting um wiped off the face of the earth in a mysterious incident. And uh, I dig these historical uh, one-shot type OGNs that Europe Comics delivers. And at the same time that I picked that up, I picked another one up. And this one, too, was a winner. And similarly, it's from 2023. And it's The Race of the Century, written by Kid Toussaint, with art by Jose Luis Minerva, whose art is, uh, not to put him in a total... Uh, creative box but it's jack davisy and i mean that in a nice not derivative way but like the characters are very plastic everybody looks different um the exaggerations to to show movement and the way that the um clothes hang off the bodies are are very uh jack davisy and this is an 85 page story and then there's another seven pages of back matter which is great back matter and the race of the century is this 25 mile 1904 marathon that was run in the middle of august in st louis as part of the 1904 olympics in france oh, oh it is this story you, so so it's funny because i mentioned the other thing and and i think it was phil who was like oh is that the thing that i just saw that netflix thing about or whatever and well so you recognize this funny. too <laughs> funny there's there's a podcast out there um stuff you missed in history class okay and they always do like these historical events and everything and then i mean i'm not necessarily listening to everyone like there's a lot but there's certain ones like olympics mishaps or like oh the school that, that blew up in texas or whatever i'm like <laughs> oh yeah i'll listen to that well this was this is a really fun OGN uh, visually and everything because you know there's a set cast of characters that there was 32 participants none of them were trained athletes and they ran in sweltering heat in the middle of the U.S. in August and the race was organized by these guys who were totally negligent there were insufficient water stations <laughs> the whole thing was set up horribly um, there's all kinds of legendary stories that came out of this race. The winner who got a ride and then had the, the medal taken <laughs> yes. away from him. Uh, the yes. guy with the wooden leg. Um, <laughs> irresponsible organized doping of the guy who was the the, the favorite so that they, they got the desired outcome that they wanted to to the point that the guy like was dying as he crossed the finish line by the amount of drugs they had him pumped full of. Um, a Native American, uh, two South Africans. It's just a wild historical tale. And the back matter, the seven pages of back matter, is filled with all these really good factual details and some pictures of the, the actual guys and kind of like whatever happened, what happened to them after that, uh, and news clippings about it and stuff. It's, it's oh, I love crazy. the whatever happened. To, I like that in movies, too. You always want to know, like, what happened to that guy when it's all over? And I like the stuff where um, I like looking back at and seeing how like before the age of like electronic timing and fast news that could carry around the world quickly, like how things like big sporting events and things were judged and handled and um, uh, events were communicated and and and. I mean, this was so crooked and, and so it was unbelievable. And to be part of the Olympics and everything, um, just, just wild. I just can you imagine something like this happening today? Some of the things are just like they weren't even nefarious. It's just like someone decides to strike up a conversation while they're in a race or just like weird things. Like, why would anyone like no one would do that nowadays? <laughs> Dude got a ride from his girlfriend. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm like, how does this work? 
<laughs> How is this happening? It's like all the things that you'd like Bugs Bunny would later do in yes. you know some cartoon, right? It's, like all like that came from somewhere, but it is literally like a cartoon. Like you would just come <laughs> up with crazy stuff. You're like, how many characters can I put into this race to make this? It's like a Batman Brave and the Bold, and it's like one of the guys is a Joker, one of the guys is Two Face. It's ridiculous. Yeah, wacky racers from Warner totally. Brothers or Hanna Barbera. Sorry. My classic cartoons. All right, Kevin, you want to bring us home? Well, I guess I should do a follow-up. I mean, I wasn't going to read this. I was going to read something else, but I guess I was drawn to it. I mean, I didn't pre-order this, but since I saw it, I guess I had to buy it, right? It's kind of like, you know, those sub-genres I have of uh, space things I want to read? Cat comics. There's a lot of uh, excuses going into this. Yeah, I assume there's cats in it or some sort of I weird mean, pornography. Cat cats is a good one. Um, if it has a like the the moon Europa or something like you know moons on planets, Ooh. something's going on. That's I'm a all about Europa. One. I love the Europa. So this was the second issue of Gone by Jock. Oh, huh. yeah. So. That came out, so I'm like, I saw it, and I'm like, well, I guess I must own this, right? But not, but not the variant covers, because, you know, I mean, that would be a lot of things, too. And I wouldn't get the digital ones. Like, th- there's exclusive digital ones, I believe, too, and I'm not, I definitely wasn't going to be buying those. I mean, can't you just make a copy of it? It's digital. I I, I don't want to get into that <laughs> It's like the Macy's Day Parade, and we're like, how are they going to have an NFT in the Macy's Day Parade? But anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) And did you even notice? Yes, it was there. I enjoyed the second issue. And the the good thing about, or I don't know, I guess it's a good thing. I mean, it's double-sized, so like, there's only one more issue to go. I mean, it's going to take until April to get the third issue, but I mean, I guess, isn't that what uh, Wildstorm at, uh, for Wildcats they did at one point in time? It was like a bi-monthly or every three months book type of thing. I don't know. I but mean, I that might have been because of the artist they had, too. I don't, I don't mind to get a bigger chunk, though, yeah. of, of a comic. I mean, I guess it's sort of mm-hmm. in between a trade paperback and an issue, then. It's not like you don't got other things to read, right? So it's like you can l- let things pile up or you can, I mean, there's, you, yeah. you just, I don't know. I, I like being able to jump into a world and hang out there for a while. And uh, it's cheaper than uh, those Valiant comics for uh, a high production value. So, I mean, I can't, I can't fault that. But yeah, this is more of our, our lead character. Uh, it seems like... Like, I was going to be like, oh, my God, is there supposed to be a, a time jump here? Like, 10 years or something? That's why I was, like, I I remember that for the, from, like, I think someone said that about the, is it the second issue? First issue? I don't know. Somewhere I found out about something. Maybe even the solicit. I'm not sure. And I was just like, oh, well, what's going to happen on this crazy spaceship where, like, it seems like it's just, like, a city upon a city inside. And, and then, uh. You know, some stuff was going on where he had some people that were, like, sort of, like, living in between the floors type of thing. Like, there was all these, like, scavengers and, um, you know, other stowaways. But, like, people were, like, in sort of, like, in cryosleep and all that type of thing. So, yeah, this was a, a another, uh, I don't know if you would say fun is exactly the word. Like, there's some crazy <laughs> stuff going on uh, in here between... Um, the rich and the poor type of thing, but yeah, it it, it had like a a crazy another finale to this. Where, I mean, there there's there's some people that believe in some things here, and then, um, I mean, I guess it sort of comes true. There, there, I guess they are rewarded. Like, I'm not 100 percent sure if they knew what was exactly going to happen, but so there's some uh, crazy space business that goes on. You know, in Star Trek, where they had a lot of episodes where that glowing ball would would come aboard the ship and then they would cause something to happen like some sort of like a sci-fi trope like that like something like that's going on crazy space business covers a lot kevin (laughs) it's true i mean professor xavier went into space to do a lot of space business 
he, he would pretend he's dead and then he would come back and he says it was space business. But anyways, yeah, you, you think things are going to like work out for our title character here. You're like, oh, maybe even though this guy's a jerk, maybe it'll work out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, not not so much. So uh, excited for the third issue. And I also pre-ordered some uh, some more of these distillery books. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully it works out for me. Because, I mean, if it doesn't work out for you, you you've sunk in uh, a fair bit of change. But, I mean, I'm pretty confident at this point. Nice. All right. I think that's a good show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Kevin, are you working on a catchphrase still? or? Uh, just cool it down, Andrew. Okay, cool it down. Thanks for listening, everybody. Tune in later and have a great time. Thank you. Later.